Before we start this episode, we want to thank our South by Southwest sponsor, Lost Republic. Badass bourbon and rye distilled and bottled right here in Northern California. And the cool part about it is it's founded by Matt Weiss and Colin Harder, who were two best friends from grade school in Santa Rosa, and they really wanted to put California on the map for making great whiskey. And let me tell you, it's delicious. The first time I tried it, I was like, I'm going to have to monitor my intake. And you can find them at lostrepub.com or find it at your local pub or bottle shop and tell them that Bitch Talk sent you. So today on the show, we have our South by Southwest episodes with our favorite titles, Aspirational Slut, My Year of Dicks, and Gay Haircut. (laughs) That's all you need to know, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Hey, Bitch Talkers. We're at South by Southwest 2022. We have the director, Carolyn Lindy, of a short called Aspirational Slut, as well as our lead actress, Ellen Jameson, on the show. Welcome to Bitch Talk. Thanks, guys. So I'm going to go with uh, Carol here. Would you please tell our audience what Aspirational Slut is all about? Thanks for calling me Carol. Actually, I'm Caroline, but all my best friends call me Carol. So, oh, well, <laughs> like we're already yeah. she got <laughs> real <best> comfortable. <laughs> yeah, real. Look, this movie, now we're best friends. So, <laughs> okay. So, basically, it's about a woman who gets dumped and is completely heartbroken. And a, she orders a pizza and the pizza delivery guy comes to the door and she's crying and venting about how she can't ever find love to this pizza delivery guy. And he turns out to be a master slut who says, snap out of it, bitch. You fall in love with everyone who sticks their dick inside of you. It's time to be a slut and have some fun. And so we snap into this slut training montage where the pizza (laughs) delivery guy trains the lead actress, Rosemary, how to be a slut. Rosemary learns how to become a master slut. And through that separating love from sex, she learns to put them back together and falls in love with someone she never would have fallen in love with before. Um, It's a very sexual, but sweet romantic comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And very relatable. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, I do have to say, yes, a firm believer in the sexual liberation of women. Uh, And Aaron and I actually we were friends, but we really became good friends when she finally broke up with her boyfriend. And we were just like, (laughs) we let's have some fun. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Aaron? Oh, and you are the pizza delivery guy. No, I was my life. Okay, I was not the master slut. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you didn't need to be taught anything. You just needed a little push, you need a little nudge. Anyway, I did. Yes, that's that's funny because that's also me and Caroline's relationship. We got close when we both started going through a breakup, and then we were like encouraging each other to just like 
stop looking for a perfect person to be your partner and just like have fun and be a slut. And that's right. Kind of where up. this whole thing came out of. Yeah. Oh, exactly. so you were, you, so you were friends prior to this. Because oh yeah. That's, okay. Because a, another question that I had was, uh, yeah, Ellen, you get into some compromising uh, positions, <laughs> we'll say, um, yeah, not yeah. to give anything away, but I, I wanted to talk about setting the tone on set uh, for these scenes so that you yeah. could just be kind of free and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So as a director and as the star, how did you set that tone? Well, we had a um, an intimacy coordinator that was actually a friend of both of ours. So that was super helpful to have somebody kind of there doing the negotiating between me and the other actors, what we were going to do for each sex scene. Um, and then, well, I mean, when Caroline told me about this idea, she was like, how do you, how do you feel like you're going to have to do it? <laughs> like, it has to be really crazy. Like, you're going to have to like, do a bunch of simulated fucking with a bunch of different people and I think you should be naked and I think it you know we should just really put it all out there and I was like I am scared but I also if I heard about some other actress doing this like I would be so jealous like I would want to I would wish it was me so we just figured out how to do it we asked as many friends as possible so that I was a little bit comfortable but there were some people that I was meeting on the day and I think just in general, it was a mostly female crew. So it felt super safe, which, you know, is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the fact that we are such good friends already, I think created a really warm environment, supportive environment where, I mean, it was like, there was a bunch of women on set all discussing like, what's the most like fucked up sexual position we can do yeah. right now you know? <laughs> we're all counseling throwing <laughs> out ideas they're like fake dicks everywhere everywhere it was, it was so funny that sounds um, so fun really funny. yeah it was really really fun <laughs> yeah. uh i i mean we we could talk about the title uh if we want to i, I want to know where that came <laughs> from because honestly i think Ange and i we always look through the entire list of film festivals and it's we've done this for a few years now and it's like something like this hell yeah we didn't have to read the description but i'm gonna guess there's some people who are like what so can you talk about landing on this title or was it the first thing you thought of and you're like this is what we're doing well first of all i mean I've always felt like an aspirational slut. I mean, I, I, during I, this whole story came from a breakup. You know, I went through this terrible breakup. I'd, I've been on this marriage track. You know, I'm very ambitious. I want a great career, but I also have dreams of being a wife. And I think that when I my ex dumped me, I was kind of put into this position of, you know, you need to shake things up for yourself for once in your life and stop being so devoted to this mission of being a wife and, you know, have some fun and learn something about yourself. But like, it never felt, even when I was, um, on my slut journey and having a bunch of sex with a lot of different people, I, I never (laughs) felt, it never felt like this is who I am. It always felt like I was trying to be someone I, I, I wasn't, I guess. So it, that type, then aspirational slut, when I started to think about this story, 
aspirational slut came into my head um, instead of fully embodying it. But yeah, also, I mean, there's something, the movie is also heavily influenced by Kill Bill. Um, so visually, I, I really was inspired by Quentin Tarantino's movie. And um, it, it's, um, Kill Bill is kind of like, it's a, you know, it's an action movie. Uma Thurman is a superhero in that. And obviously Ellen looks exactly like Uma Thurman. And there's something about Rosemary and aspirational slut who's, you know, she's aspiring to be a slut. She's kind of like a, it's, it's a, it's a very, you know, brave pursuit, her taking on this new role in her life. And, um, yeah, she's kind of like a superhero slut. So then aspirational, it felt like aspirational slut fit into worked, um, as a title for, you know, that, you know, mission that I was trying to go for as well. Um, but yeah. And it's just, I thought people would really like the title. Yeah. Actual superhero. It Actual works. superhero. I like exactly. that. I know you're getting our audience really excited right now. They're like, what the hell is this short? <laughs> Kill Bill, a bunch of dicks everywhere. Like what's going on? I must watch it now. Yes. Uh, yeah, but but obviously my favorite, well, not obviously, but my favorite scene is, are these slut lessons that you receive, Ellen? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know, did you workshop them? Was it straight from paper to screen? Did you just try different things on every take and add your own <laughs> twist to things or, or how did that come about? It's just, it's wonderful. Um, well, Caroline is an amazing comedic mind. And basically the way that we did that was she just was like, okay, you're going to go over here and um, let's just get a bunch of sex toys. And Ellen just do this. Like she was just like run and gun directing. And um, Kenton, who's the guy who's in those scenes with me, like, we both were just improvising and running around and being silly. It was the first thing we shot. And we shot, a, you know, in two days. So it was wow. one of those classic, like, panic shoots. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, that was just a, a time, like, a couple hours that we just got to, like, run around and play and have fun. And, like, Caroline just threw things out and they just kept moving the camera around. And, yeah, that was the most... Um, free probably part of, of the short we just got to be wild <laughs> <laughs> um can we talk about casting really quickly so ellen you were already a shoo-in and then um can we talk about the pizza delivery guy and ned i just <laughs> ned yeah <laughs> so good uh, so good um so, good. so kenton is <clears throat> ellen knew him okay and she knew because El- ellen's also a producer on this um, she knew what I was going for when we were talking about all the characters and she texted me one day and was like, I think, I think I might have the perfect pizza delivery guy because he kind of has to be, um, I mean, he's magical, right? Yes. Like this character is, is not a real human, but he's like this magical master slut fairy. And, um, and so I, you know, she sent me his materials and I knew right away, he's also an incredible singer. Um, so I just, I, I just texted him and I said, will you be in my movie? And he, I sent him the script and he said, yes. 
So that worked out great. And then um, Jake Nordwen, who is a uh, plays Ned, is a good friend of mine as well. And he's also on SNL as a writer. Um, he's a stand-up uh-huh. comedian. He's very funny. He's one of the funniest people I know. And he kind of has this, this Billy Crystal thing. And mm-hmm. Ellen is ha- half Uma Thurman, half Meg Ryan. And so I <laughs> Daryl Hannah too, a little bit Daryl mm-hmm. Hannah. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought together, because she's just this, you know, tall goddess Amazonian woman, and he's this <laughs> little, you know, you know, funny Jewish man that I just thought <laughs> together that they would be incredible. Um and he's, I sent him the script and he was down. And then the first time they met, you know, it was just, their chemistry was so incredible. <laughs> he's just um, one. Yeah. Just one of those people where you're just laughing so hard the entire time you're around them. It's like everything they do and say is just brilliant and so clever. And yeah, I was just in, instantly in love. Instantly yeah, we, in love. We all yeah. were instant. You should have seen when he was doing his big, the big romantic monologue <laughs> in the bedroom. There's so many women on set, but behind camera, when he was doing it, everyone was holding their hearts. Like <gasps> I've been struck by Cupid. Yeah, I get it. I mean, in real life, I probably wouldn't like a Ned kind of guy, but I was down for him watching this. I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, give him a chance. I exactly. can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, That's we have to, ra- we do have to wrap soon, but I, I just wanted to know with the invention of app dating and things like that, do you think it's now easier to be an aspirational slut or, or what are your thoughts on that? Cause I've never done <laughs> Great it, question. But, but Aaron has. So yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to know. Um, obviously this film, I'm not advocating to be a slut. I'm, I'm saying if, you know, be brave, try something new, be open to things you, you, you never thought you, you might be open um, for, and you might, you'll never know what will happen, but, um, I think it is easier. I mean, women are, you can meet a million people or men on apps. And also, I just think that nobody really fits into a box anymore. So, you know, you can be a slut in a million different ways. You can be an emotional slut, (laughs) <laughs> you can be a sexual slut. Um, and I don't think slut has to be a bad thing anymore. There's bachelor, there's player. Slut is also, you know, it can be a cool thing. I'm, you know, I'm independent. I'm playing the field. I know who I am. I don't know what I want. That's okay. <laughs> and you'll be a slut until you do know what you want. Um, so we're reclaiming the word. We're taking it back and we're turning into something positive and empowering for women i love it well the film is, yeah the <laughs> film is called aspirational slut it's at south by southwest 2022 we've been talking with director carolyn carroll lindy <laughs> <laughs> and actress ellen jameson thank you so much for being on bitch talk thanks, thanks guys, guys. We are excited to bring you uh, 
the episodic, the animated episodic, My Year of Dicks, which is having its world premiere at South by Southwest this year, 2022. And we're sitting down with our largest posse so far and our most international. We have someone uh, all the way from Reykjavik, Iceland. So uh, we have our director, Sara Gunnarsdottir, and our writer, showrunner slash talent, right? All three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pamela Ribbon. Mm-hmm. You and then and then our our main star here, Brie Tilton. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll start with you, Pamela, because this is based on your memoir that I need to hear more about. <laughs> so so why don't you introduce our audience to my year of dicks? OK, so when I was in high school, I, I wrote a lot of letters to boys and I kept all the first drafts like you do. And um, I'm, I'm sure you know where yours are. And uh, then I started reading them out loud at um, performances and book readings and the, the internet. And it turned out there was a, a small audience. <laughs> for it. I'm very good at making people go oh, and like hold their face. <laughs> so, um, so that became a book called Notes to Boys and Other Things I Shouldn't Share in Public. And then FX approached me about turning that into an animated series for Cake, which is their um, incubator uh, for new animators, upcoming filmmakers. And I was like, okay, let's try this. So the pilot got picked up to series and and that's how I got um, paired up with Asada. My, like, I could not, like, as soon as I opened up her portfolio, I was like, I'm in love. I'm going to write her a letter. <laughs> that is such a rare story, Pamela, because everything came to you. You didn't mm. expect from these, you know, embarrassing. The boys didn't. The letters. boys didn't. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be clear, uh, Angela. But it ends up a win. It ends up a win. Mm. It's you know? an overnight, many decades success. What, do- what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, okay. So now I want to turn to Sada and and Bree here. How did you uh, become part of this project, and and were you fully were you fully in when you when you heard about it? So yeah, FX approached me and they sent me like a couple of shows. They didn't send me all five, and uh, said they were looking for someone to helm this. And I really liked the writing, and I was I definitely wanted to do it right away. Then and Pam picked me. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I, I auditioned, so I did the whole uh, process, which I am not a stranger to, but I am a stranger sometimes to hearing good comedy. So I remember when I recorded the audition for this, like I'm, I'm the type of person that if I audition for something and I don't get it, I won't watch it out of spite. Um, but when <laughs> I auditioned for this, I sat with my roommate who read opposite me and I was like, this show sounds really good. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, this, this is really funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this he goes even if I don't get it I'm like yeah no even if I don't get it and that's how I knew it was going to be great uh so when when I they came and asked me to be involved I was elated um because it's so funny and I I relate so much to the character of Pam and like I kind of I didn't end up even really doing a character and then I met Pam and I was like oh yeah there it is we are the same person we are like, you're, like the three of us have sort of melded last <laughs> year into one kind of identity and that's okay yeah, i like it it makes good. me feel 
never alone anymore. <laughs> oh, you are not alone. And it's, yeah, all of it just came flooding back to me. You know how people always say, oh, to be young again. I never say that. Right. Like, I'm glad I made it through those years. And this watching this is reminding me uh, everything about that. And I'm kind of, I'm happy to hear, Brie, because, you know, I, I don't know everyone's ages here, but I'm a little older than you. I'm happy to hear the younger generations can relate to this too, with all the access you have to internet and yeah film let's call it yeah. <laughs> i'm glad that you can still relate to sort of the fantasy of of it all of the crushes and, and things like that oh absolutely i was a very romantic child so like the the entire idea of her kind of just falling into her own world with each boy is yeah that, that checks out <laughs> yeah i was also really happy to see i mean just on this interview alone but in front behind the camera you had a lot of women leading leading the way uh, did did you all have time to commiserate about your own stories and how did that influence the production of this that's a good question for sada i think because she yeah. had to approach it i mean she certainly had to learn a lot about me <laughs> <laughs> very very quickly and deeply but yeah we all were were pretty vulnerable i think with our own like this is it is like this because I would ask. I was like, anybody needs to tell me if this is beyond normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like free therapy for you, there, Pamela. Sure, you are not alone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, how was it for you? For you, Sada, to step into Pamela's world. Um, it, it was. I mean, it was super intriguing and and yes, relatable. And I think what like one of the main reasons I really wanted to do it is is how relatable it is and um and I like i feel like so much um content about uh teenagers today is so much through the phone and through the internet mm -hmm. and it's i i was i'm really happy to get away from that but still it's it's still the same feelings it's still the same you know drama it's like it's all the same but we don't have to I like that we don't have to experience it through the text and through the screen. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you brought that point up because it's also about growing up too fast. Right. I mean, I haven't watched Euphoria, but you know, I hear about all these stories that are out and it's really refreshing to know that stories are being told of the importance of this sort of romantic fantasy phase, but also when when that becomes a reality, then sometimes it's it's gross and it's not, you know, it's not satisfying. Yeah. But that's okay too. We're still trying to figure it out. So I think it's really important, especially for young girls, to watch things like that and be like, oh, okay, so it's not all going to be roses and and not everything's going to be fun. And if it's not fun, then that's a red flag, right? That's great. You took that yeah. out of there, yeah. Yeah. I love, I think what I always loved about it was it felt like there was no shame, like that there was no shame associated with like the feelings that she was having or the experiences that she was having, even when they went poorly. Like, it's like, yes, you are allowed to feel these things and you're allowed to try these things and think these things. And sometimes they're going to suck and sometimes they're not going to go the way you thought that they were. Ah. <laughs> but you know what? You always <laughs> are going to like be okay. Yeah. And, and I think often normal. when we, and it's okay also. for things to go poorly. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel often when we think back about these things and we are ashamed of it, like you say, there's like, oh, like I was so dumb. Like, what was I thinking and stuff? But it's it's nice to just go back there and yeah, just have no judgment and just, you know, just, we all go through this. It's OK. <laughs> right. And, and on that note, uh, 
Can you talk about uh, the young men that are part of this project and sort of directing them, writing for them and acting with them? You know, it, it's not necessarily their fault either. They don't know what we're going through. It's like we're in completely two different worlds. So mm -hmm. can you talk about just the process of dealing with how you were going to treat the, the male characters in the story as well? Yeah, I do hope they, even the ones that come off, even the ones that are the dicks, it's, it's kind of understandable <laughs> how they got that way. And I, we found during the auditions <laughs> that we would say, well, you know, you're kind of like, and he, the, he, they all just were like, yeah, I know that guy. I got it. And, and, you know, like I, <laughs> they weren't telling us if they had ever been that guy, but sometimes you could tell like, man, I kind of know where this might be coming from. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was the same way with, um, in animating it with all of the artists too, like bringing out their sensibilities when, when we were moving into different genres and tones and just being like, Oh, I, I fell in love with this kind of film or I fell in love with this kind of boy. And there's just little touches throughout that, you know, is everybody's, everybody's little, yes, I was there too. Right. Sorry, you can, if you can hear my dog, I can hear it. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so, so what's next for my year of dicks? You're, you're at South by you, it was picked up by FX. How can people find it and, and where can they follow you? Oh, we're at my year of dicks on internet and Instagram and Twitter. Can you Should believe we be Googling that though? I don't know. I don't want to know what's going to come up. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't don't image it. search for Pete's sake. Yeah. <laughs> specific yeah. social media search parts. Very specific. Um, surprisingly, it wasn't taken, which I just cannot believe. Um, but we have that. And then um, as soon as we're done in Austin, we're heading over to Reykjavik to go say hello to Sada. <laughs> oh, exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. So you'll all have a reunion and you, you get to celebrate your success together. That's great. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for sharing this really sweet story and honest story. Uh, again, we've been talking to director Sara Gonarstotir, uh, writer, talent and showrunner Pamela Ribbon and our talent Brie Tilton from uh, the animated episodic My Year of Dicks. Congratulations, everyone. This has been fun. Thanks so Thank much. You. Thank you. Have a great Thank day. you so much for having us. Oh, that was great. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like you see the title and like, I don't care what it's about. We're going to cover it. You know, <laughs> if they respond to the You're email, like, I didn't even watch it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, we are here still at South by Southwest 2022, coming to you with a comedic short, a hilarious comedic short called Gay Haircut. And we are here today by the dynamic duo. We have our writer and producer and the star, Krista Fatka, and the producer and director, Jude Harris. Welcome to Bitch Talk. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. I'll let one of you decide who wants to give an introduction uh, to our audience. What is Gay Haircut? Well, like you said, comedic short film, uh, semi-autobiographical. Uh, I wrote it and I really, I think I let Jude kind of take the reins on how this actual haircut would take shape on camera. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to, to cut my hair and I knew I wanted it to be funny. So... <laughs> <laughs> Jude has kids. I was like, just let your kids cut my hair. And she was like, what if Zackass cuts your hair? And he's talent from the new Jackass Forever movie. They did a show together a while back. Um, so it's like, yeah, go nuts. I don't look great with a shaved head, but whatever happens, happens. And <laughs> I'll deal with it. 
Um, so that was kind of the, the genesis. And then Jude's a producer through and through. And just, you know, as the idea developed, she just made it more. And then it was a movie. <laughs> well, can you two talk about working together as a couple and collaborating on a very artistic project? No, that's a secret. Fine, <laughs> move on. And Off the record, show. nobody yeah. listens. Don't worry. I wish there was drama. To talk. I, I don't wish there was drama to talk about. There's not drama to talk about. I, I think it's you know, um, I'm very lucky to be dating somebody who's so funny. And um, you know, I had seen Krista's stand up, and it's like then you know we got to the the showing each other scripts phase of the relationship, which is you know such an important stage of any Hollywood <laughs> relationship. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I love it. And, you know, I've, I've read some of her other scripts and this just felt like a fun one to do. Um, and that, you know, I think putting it together, it was like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, she's got so many great comic friends. Like I was happy that Zach did it. My nine-year-old's in the film. Mm. My, my now 12-year-old was like crude for us. So it was just like, and a bunch of friends worked on it. So it was like a, a fun thing for us to just invite everybody that we'd usually hang out with to like make a movie with us. And Jude is a very nurturing person, I think, in general. I mean, her work as a, um, you know, development executive is finding those seeds of what is good or funny or, you know, relevant about something. And um, she just developed me. What can I say? <laughs> she nurtured me. She she pushed me to, you know, write a real script and and do it go big <laughs> yeah and originally I didn't I was gonna find like a cool director and then like the more I looked for a director the more I was like no I want to do it <laughs> just look in the mirror Jude you are the cool director uh, yes yeah well I'm loving this love love fest I feel all warm and fuzzy inside uh. Uh, but but I do have to give some back history to bitch talk uh, and I didn't tell Aaron this the reason why I wanted to cover this film just from the title was because in the pre-pandemic days Aaron and I used to have the same haircut I had it first for the record. Um, let the and, record show. Let the record show. And we would go into interviews and people would think we were a couple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it was asymmetric. So I was like, oh, it was it? asymmetrical. And I'm like, is the yeah. haircut going to be ours? Like from, you know, um, so so I was just already super intrigued. But um, I, I'm really interested in, um, Krista, your experience as a, a female comedian, um, how conscious are you of how you look when you're going on stage? And do you notice a difference in what you're wearing, uh, determining how you're received by the audience? Because this is all about our identities and, and how we Definitely. identify. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's so important. And, you know, my comedy is autobiographical. I don't talk about lamps and dogs and, you know, I talk about my life. So, I mean, my set, I would say, you know, I have a good chunk of kind of women's issues type stuff. I talk about how I look and then a good chunk about dating. And through most of my um, history as a comic, I've dated men. It's very easy to make fun of men. They're fucking ridiculous. And hey, not a protected class of people like you know, you could say you punched a guy in the dick and everyone's on board, you know, <laughs> you make fun of a woman that you're dating and that really rubs people the wrong way this, mm. this day and age. And so, um, 
you know, I'm definitely aware of how I look on stage and how I present. And I've even noticed a difference. Um, you know, I think it's like, it's new for me talking about dating a woman. And I also just feel like, yeah, people maybe bristle a little, I don't know. I feel a little like less well-received because I don't fit into this like conventional (laughs) sort of, um, straight up the middle, literally like being read as, as straight and wearing lipstick and having jokes about lipstick. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's very much a part of what you do as a comedian on stage is, you know, your look is part of the performance. People are looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, Ange and I, well, pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, we, we try and see as much comedy as we can. You know, we're in San Francisco. We have the Punchline and Cobbs and just really lucky to have venues with a lot of different comedy milk bar. Um, but I think this is the future and the present of comedy, right? Like there's gender fluidness. There's um, there's a little bit of everything all different colors, all of the things which we're here to see. And um, we love amplifying that on Bitch Talk. I do have a question about one of the comedians you do think at the end, because he's from here, Kevin Kamiya. How did he contribute to the- Oh yeah. To to the episode? He's from there too. You know, I'm from there. (laughs) Wait, what? Plug your show. Yeah. um, How can this be? Now I'm ashamed that we are not with you already. I feel like the bio didn't- Okay, I didn't do enough it, digging. I'm sorry, Chris. You no, to- it's cool. I, um, you know, I like to bury my past deep on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're real good at it. Oh, we have Thank more you. in common then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I worked at the Punchline and Cobbs, and um, I started in San Francisco about like seven or eight years ago. Moved to LA just before um, the pandemic, so. Meryl, who, and I had Kevin Kamiya up to do my show, Charm Offensive, uh, <laughs> on uh, a couple of occasions up at the Punchline, and um, his girlfriend is, is Meryl, who's in the film. So, you know, he helped out in various ways, getting Meryl uh, to set, and just... Uh, he did the ADR? He was like yeah. an ADR audio engineer? We had to oh. get some, uh, so, yeah. s- some, some clips of Merrill after after taping so he helped out with recording and they do a podcast um together at their house so yeah well we have to see you okay well we need to keep yeah, in touch well, now, I can't we're wait embar- to- now we're embarrassed yeah <laughs> thanks well, a lot Aaron yeah sorry <laughs> I have a couple of shows they're not actually in San Francisco mm. but maybe we'll we'll stop off I think Jude's gonna tag along I have um do you know the Laugh Cellar? It's up in wine country. They do shows um, up at different vineyards and um, resorts and stuff in, okay. in Napa. So um, Laugh Cellar is having me up to do a couple shows up there. Oh, mm. when? I, I accept. Yes. Um, <laughs> wine and comedy? Yes. I know, right? Um, <laughs> let's see, let me, so March 25th, uh, I'm at Vista Colina Resort. Oh, that actually might be doable. That's in Napa. Um, So that's like the real, um, the headliner show. I'm headlining that with um, my regular collaborator friend, David Roth. Um, And then there's a show called Cooking with Comedians. That's also at Vista Colina Resort in Napa. And that is um, 
they say farm to fork dinner with laughs and wine. So oh, fancy. We, that's yeah, elevated. That's <laughs> elevated comedy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that I think that's um we do like a short set and then I think we just riff while they do like a live cooking thing and I'm imagining like a wine pairing. So please make, please make that, that one as uh, Iris. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh fun. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, we do have to wrap soon, but I want to get into the haircut itself really quickly, yes. uh, Jude, and your directing of it. I don't know if you are a fan of I Love Lucy, but it was reminding me of this scene when Ricky thinks he's going bald. So Lucy creates this <laughs> crazy, ridiculous ritual that he's going to have to go through. And it really reminded me of that scene. Are you familiar with that scene? Or can you talk about directing? I know the scene you're talking about. Um, I mean, I'm a complete fan of like, I mean, a little later than I Love Lucy, but like, any like 70s comedy and I feel like Krista just has that vibe of sort of like informed optimism where it's like <laughs> you're like oh like she's bright and sunny but like no shit um so it just felt like a fun place for and Zach was adorable I mean I've had I've done so many terrible things to that poor man I've like put him in a kiddie pool with an alligator and then it's like I'm like, no, fuck up my girlfriend's hair. And he's like, <laughs> I don't wanna. What um, are you gonna do to me? He's like, too nice. So, um, you know, it was just, it was just play. I think that's the fun thing. And we had this great um, hairstylist at Monty Porter who, you know, was the, the backstop to make sure that at the end we could <laughs> actually have like a cool gay haircut. So, you know, it was a lot of being like, no, Zach, it's actually like, like, let's really burn Krista's hair. Let's really set it on fire. It's okay. <laughs> we give you permission and, and you're not going to get hurt this time. I love it. That sounds so fun and cathartic in a way. <laughs> yeah. For, for him. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying for you. Yeah, well, maybe think... we'll send you a picture of our old haircut and that can be your next gay haircut. And we can all see. just show up to your show like that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And hopefully we get to see you both in person and, yeah. and we can celebrate your success. Again, we've been speaking to Krista Fatka and Jude Harris from the comedic short Gay Haircut. Thank you so much. This was a fun one. Cool. Thank Thanks. you. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. 